hey everybody it's five songs or less but that stupid piece of shit dante isn't here uh i have joined today with a uh a friend of my wife's yeah i guess i i could say uh i i don't know him all that well so i've got some questions for him uh we've we've interacted here and there we have a lot of similar tastes in music which is which is pretty cool i don't often meet people are aware of the band Fairweather, so that's that's always a plus. I am joined today by uh, Nate. Nate Halson. Yeah, that works. I, yeah. I'll I'll take it. <laughs> okay. How should I pronounce it? I, don't, I mean, Halson is how I say it. Halson. Yeah. Okay. That but, makes sense too. Yeah, I think so. It's. Can I go with? Wait. Do you, you say your last name on this sh- on this show? I do say my last name on this show. I didn't originally, and I will cut it out if you don't want me to, to use your last name. Oh, I don't care. Show. I just feel like in my listening, I can't recall you using your last name. But you also have a last name that when read isn't always super straightforward. Yes. yes. You want to yeah. take a shot at it? Well, I don't. I think I know how to say your last name, but I want to say that I call it, I think of it as Ensign. Uh, like, Ooh, <laughs> I haven't heard that one before. I mean, it's not that, but like at first when you look at it. <laughs> Yeah. And you're like, wait, how do I say this? Is this, is this, is this Ensley? Like, I don't really know how to say it. Uh, uh-huh. So I'll just go with Ensign, right? So Danny Ensign. Ensign. Okay, perfect. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll take it. Okay, cool. Yeah, I haven't heard Ensign before, but it's better than, I feel like a lot of people uh, look at it and go, Incel? That's right. No, yeah, no, the, no, no, the no. famous Incel. <laughs> <laughs> so hi, Nate. How's it going? Hey, Danny. What's up? It's pretty good. <laughs> this is... Um, my second or third, like, well, no, wait, that's not true. I was going to say this is like my second or third first date. Um, oh, but yeah. I've had a couple of, I've had more first dates than that. But like first dates where like you kind of, um, you kind of know the person a little bit, but you're like, hey, let's go get a coffee. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Kind yeah. Of first date. Like <laughs> I don't feel like that. Like I feel like when I was younger, there was more of that in-group first dating versus sort of the yeah. spontaneity of of contemporary dating, but. Yeah, that's yeah. that's really funny because uh, I, I was texting Dante earlier and I was like, hey, I'm recording today. And he thought I was recording with Cody because I'm going to be doing some episodes with my friend Cody, too. And I was like, oh, no, it's it's uh, Amanda's co-worker slash friend slash former podcast partner, Nate. He's like, are you excited? And I said, yeah, I'm excited, but I'm also kind of nervous. It, it feels like a first date for some reason. Hell yeah, it totally does. That's good. <laughs> it's a- So you're not alone. It's a pitch for a podcast. The the two people who get to know each other by, as you say, punishing each other with yes, uh, yes. playlists. Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually so like, did you listen to Blink-155, that podcast? I think I may have done most of an episode, but no, I'm not a, I'm not a person oh, who's okay, listened okay. to it. Yeah. That was one of the things that I really enjoyed about that podcast was the two hosts like kind of knew each other through other people and had, and had talked here and there. But like a lot of the the show, the one Blink One Fifty Five portion of it was like them getting to know each other mm-hmm. on the podcast, which was really fun. And it was kind of like that with Dante a little bit too. But I mean, I I did know him. I worked with him, and you know, I've talked to him for years and years and years. So, but anyway, it's kind of fun hearing people that are kind of on the same wave, wavelength get to know each other. But like, I remember. <laughs> Being on a on a field trip on a bus one time in college, uh, and a the, bus field trip in college. 
Yeah, like a big, a big. I, it was like a um, oh, what's a, a marine biology class? Oh, okay, all right. For some reason, I yeah, thought yeah, you like yeah. we're going to the uh, to the lighthouse <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and there might have been a lighthouse there. It was you know it was to the shores or whatever. But <laughs> and there was two people behind us, and the girl was like super into the guy, but the guy was like not into it. And so like for the entire ride, it was just me listening to her flirt and him just be like. Oh yeah, oh uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> the whole time it was really fucking awkward. It's a goal. All right, we'll work towards that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. I've got some questions for Nate. I figured that'd be a good like icebreaker. And I think as I have different people on the pod, I'd like people to come back. I, the The door is always open for you to come back. Or if you really, really, really love this and you want to just take Dante's place, I'm totally <laughs> fine with that too. Um, I haven't seen Dante yet, so I don't know. I got I, I to I, I, I see a picture of him flexing first. <laughs> Fucker lives in Montana. He's, you're fine. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> but those, no, yeah, all right. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I, I, I kind of like the idea of like having a round robin where I do, you know, and it's less of a commitment for people too, because um, like putting out an episode every week is a lot. But anyway, my first question uh, is, what are your pronouns? Oh, that's great. Um, he, him. Thank you. Okay. Yes. Excellent. Mine too. What was your first concert? I like this question. Can I answer two different concerts? Of course. Yeah, you can answer any way you want. I have a dumbest. I, have a, I, have a, I, I feel like I don't know accurately. Like I recall I'm from a small town in washington state so it's not an active music scene Uh town i think um there were there was a a cd shop at which i worked Uh and some music kids and a couple of bands and i recall like maybe i was 14 or 15 this dude who worked at that cd shop before i did and he had like pink hair and I can't remember his name. What I do remember is he was he he tried to get me to buy that big black album that has like oh. um, songs about fucking. Songs about fucking. Yeah. I yeah, went yeah. in. I went into his CD store to buy like Deftones or some shit. <laughs> and uh, he's like, "Dude, you should you should get this one." And I was like, "I was Deftones are cool, but you have have you heard Steve Albini? Come on." I have. Um, <laughs> Yeah, who knows? I don't know what I was trying to buy. I used to go hang out there, basically. And this guy was like trying to get me to buy that. And I was like, my parents are not going to be okay with that. <laughs> what the fuck is this? Um, yeah, yeah. But he was in a band called Vitamin D. Okay. Um, which I didn't understand the joke. And I don't even know if it was a reference to like what we make the joke about today. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> and I he did a show like a punk rock party at the Sons of Norway, like, Grange Hall or some shit. Whoa, I remember yeah. going to that, um, which would be like the first show I went to was like some friends, right? That was like the first yeah, time yeah, I yeah. went to a music event that wasn't a school dance. But I was think, it like was it like local bands or was it any touring bands? I can't recall if there was a touring band. I know that most. I mean, it was this dude who worked at the CD shop, and then what appeared to be mostly just like crusty punk bands from that yeah, town. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the best I could Sick. sort of describe it. It was it was dark, I remember. Like the lighting was bad. Um <laughs> yes, and the music was loud as fuck. 
and I didn't know what the hell I was getting myself into. <laughs> but I was on that path. Like it wasn't super weird. It's not like I was a kid who was listening to to. I say Deftones, like that's one of my all time favorite bands. But like uh-huh. uh, I was listening to like Jawbreaker had been a band I was into Green Day Rancid. We talked about this. So like this concept yeah. of like a punk show wasn't super weird to me. Okay. Okay. But a dark sort of empty ish Grange hall. Uh, yeah. 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 It's definitely, was definitely a surprise. I yeah, think like those punk bands are so like, those are the same kind of punk bands I got into early on too. And it's like, they, they seem so tame and you hear about punk rock. And I remember my parents being like concerned that I was into punk rock And I mean, the first shows I went to weren't like that. They weren't like those little underground, uh, like uh, going to see like no effects and like lesson Jake, like these are bigger bands and stuff like that. It wasn't until later that I got into like the, those smaller shows. So that's cool that it was like an early experience for you. It was cool. I got lucky. And I think it was the first show I went to, but I, I qualified at the beginning by saying, I think there are two, because I can't remember if I went to. A, um, so in, gosh, it was like 1996. I would have been, I have a poster from this show cause it was a bigger show <laughs> that puts me at like 13 or 14 years old. I think this was first, but it was close. It was around the same time. Okay. Like a middle school kid. Um, yeah. um, and there was a, a benefit. So do you remember Tipper Gore? Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, Al Gore's wife. Uh-huh. And, um, she was really into the concept of, I, I guess you would call it just censorship. She liked censorship yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> in music, right? Like real anti-cuss cuss words. I think she might have, <laughs> she really didn't like, I think, hip-hop. I don't know what the hell her problem was, but she, sure, she thought sure. everything was too foul. Um, yeah. And state legislatures at that time in the mid-90s were taking up bills to, to you know, like create ways to make it so you have to like show an ID maybe to buy a uh-huh. CD. Like explicit yes, lyric yes. stickers was one of the outcomes of her her thing. Okay. So I remember like that there was this show to benefit a group that was lobbying against um, stronger, like, like, you know, that kind of stuff, like where like stronger enforcement of age ages yeah. and shit like that. Uh-huh. Um, so it was called, they were called Jam Pack and they did a Jam benefit pack. show. Yeah. A Jam Pack. And it was, <laughs> it was in an area near Tacoma, Washington. Um, which is like a, the Sacramento of Western Washington is what I would think of Tacoma. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, and like the, it was headlined by Bjork. Whoa. Real weird. Never heard of her. Uh, but there was a band opening up for Bjork that I had heard of and they were called oh. the Foo Fighters. Oh. And it was one of their first shows for sure. Wow. Like they, it was like around that self-titled tour. And I remember being like, I got to go to this. And my dad and my mom and my sister and myself got into the minivan and drove to fucking Tacoma. <laughs> Hell yeah. And went to this show, and I remember the show was great. I do yeah. remember us having to move because my mom and dad were like, ooh, th- they smelled some marijuana, and they were like, we got to get out of here. <laughs> but I feel like I. it was pretty funny. But like I look back on that, think to myself, like I had no idea um, how interesting this lineup was. Yeah. It also had a band called Wool, um, who was like, um, um, as far as I understand, like they're related a little bit to like Grawl's old scream uh, scene or something like that. Like oh, some interesting, okay. some interesting acts. Uh, Sweet seventy five, yeah, which was about them. That's cool. neither do I, except for that I saw them at a show when I was fourteen. Yeah, um, and then Sweet seventy five, which was no Chris Novoselic's band. Oh, so the okay. Foo Fighters and then the bass player did Sweet seventy five. Cool show for sure. Yeah, but, that's rad, man. Yeah, that was a long ass question. What about you? 
That's very cool. Um, so my first rock concert, or I guess my first concert, was at the Arco Arena in Sacramento. It was Bush headlining oh and the Goo Goo Dolls. Oh, my and God. And so this yes. was 95, 94? God, I should find it. I have my ticket still. So that was my first concert. It was like my quote-unquote girlfriend at the time. You know, we... we dated for a week and we went to a concert together like it was not an actual girlfriend already but. instantly cooler than my experience <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah we were you know quote unquote dating and she had an extra ticket or whatever and so i got to go and it was it was rad it was cool like i, I that was at a time that was in eighth grade so that was at a time where i was like getting into punk but i was still okay with like alternative radio rock um, of that era. But yeah, so I was kind of like, okay with that. And plus it was like my girlfriend and I was nervous about everything. Uh, so I was like, yeah, I'll go. And I lasted up front for Bush for like, I don't know, five minutes. And then I had to move to the back cause there were so many people, but it was pretty fun. Was there crowd surfing? Probably. I, I remember being very hot because I had a, a quintessential nineties long sleeve sweater on with the stripes racing stripe down the, Mm -hmm. down the arm. And I was like, who wears a long sleeve sweater to a, to a rock concert? Like, come on, come on. In, in like April or whatever month it was, it was dumb. And there's just, I've never been good at like those huge concerts like that. Uh, Every time I've tried to go up close, like I went to Coachella one year and we tried to go up closer for like nine inch nails. And I was like, Nope, let's fucking, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, yeah. This is too, too much. And then my, my first punk concert was, uh, I think no effects. I went to at the Boreal ski resort. There was like a snowboard concert type thing. And it was no effects and lag wagon and limp and Mr. T experience and unwritten law. And that was really fun. That was cool. Like making my parents take me to that. And it was really cold. Yeah. So that the was my exact first opposite experience. A freezing cold punk yes. show and a very warm and hot alternative rock show. <laughs> yes. Yes, um, exactly. I have two questions. The uh-huh. Goo Goo Dolls, did they mm-hmm. stay with you? Not really. I was, I was at the point where I was too cool for goo goo dolls for this at this show you know quote unquote big big giant air quotes were too cool um so we we went and sat up in the in the balcony and watched goo goo dolls from far away not that long ago because of it came up on the podcast or something i put on their like first album and i was like oh, this is pretty good some of it not so much but it's pretty good is it like a hard rock album or was it my was that called My Name is Goo? Yeah, My Name is Goo. Or a bo- no, A Boy Named Goo. A Boy Named Goo, that's right. Thank you. Yeah. They were a metal band before that. Oh, Actually, I don't think I knew that. I knew a lot of those those bands because I always, I always get like Goo Goo Dolls, Gin Blossoms, Collective Soul, and one other band like all, all mixed up for whatever reason in my head. And I know they're separate bands and I oh. know some of them have history. And you know some of them are Collective Soul and not good, and the rest are really good. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. I guess 
I don't know what to, I don't, I guess I can't claim to be like a Goo Goo Dolls fan, mm-hmm. but I do. And I also, at the time you're, you're talking about, like I was way too cool for the Goo Goo Dolls when <laughs> that album came out. But I do remember on the back of that album, um, the CD, which I have, I bought recently, uh-huh. there's, um, a metal blade records emblem on it. Really? And I remember working, I was working at the CD shop at that time and I, I got to, Hardcore punk was like a thing. Pop punk was a thing for me, but I was really a fan uh-huh. of heavy metal music as a young kid. Uh-huh. And so, like, I was—I remember, like, one of the the dude I worked with, my boss, like, I was like, "What's going on with this thing here? This Metal Blade Records thing?" And they had been yeah. a band signed to that. And I guess Metal Blade—it's interesting, I guess, that that was a band that was a metal band who ended up just deciding to rip off the replacements and yeah, did a really good job. That's of it super for a long weird. Time. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, you just said the replacements, uh, that is a band I've never listened to. So if, if you want to come back and give me a five song replacements playlist, by all means, go ahead. Um, I do. Actually, I was thinking about how I wanted to just do the singles soundtrack, which is both mostly just (laughs) Paul Westerberg. I love the replacements. That'd be great. But I think the Goo Goo Dolls, they're worth listening to a boy named Goo. I think like, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I like it. I couldn't, I wouldn't claim to be a super fan, but I do definitely like that. Sure. Sure. That album, <laughs> all of the, uh, the folks who are like, Oh, I got to check out this podcast about Garrison. And they're like, Oh, this dude likes the Yugi dolls. I got to turn this off. Hell yeah. Um, the other question I had was, so you, your first punk show was no effects here in, you said, Oh, you said it was like a snow. It was at Boreal. Thing. So it was, it was up in Tahoe area. Right. Are you going to go to the new, the no effects show here in Sacramento uh, oh, this no, spring? No, 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 oh, no. No, I don't, I don't do outdoor concerts. I, do, I really, I'm not super comfortable going to concerts yet. Uh, I don't know if you've gone to any in no. the, in the quote unquote post COVID world. We're not out of it yet, folks. Come on. Uh, we did, we did, however, uh, buy tickets for Nico case in June, I believe, um, up, in, up in grass Valley. So that'll be cool. Hopefully. I think so. Shannon and I are going to a show at the end of April, April 29th, I think in San Francisco though. So uh, so you have to like, um, you gotta be vaxxed and triple tapped and all that kind of shit. Bring your card with you and all that. Right. Yeah. Right. I think I have to for the, for that concert too. All right. Well, if you're not going to no effects, that's, that's what I guess I should have expected. I wanted to hear like some like overly excited hell. Fuck yeah. I'm going to see no effects. (laughs) (laughs) I no, I'm, I have a kind of a love hate relationship with no effects. I, I fucking loved them in high school so much. And I saw them. I remember we, we talked about this recently on, on text, how so long and saying for all thanks for all the shoes is their best album by far. But you made a good point of it was the right album at the right time mm-hmm. for them. And that that's 100% true. Um, it's my favorite album because it's the one that came out when I was in high school I don't think they came out with a full length again until pump up the volume, right? Or volume? That's right. Yeah, I think so. Which I think I was, I was either out of high school or I was over no effects. One of the two. But I mean, I've seen them five or six times. Like I don't, I'm, I'm good. I don't need to see them again. Plus, like, I'm getting so over like old punk guys, too. There, like, that's true. These are these guys are pretty old punk guys. Too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like there was that uh, just recently, like last weekend, I think was uh, Circle Jerks and Negative Approach at Ace of Spades. Uh, and I was like, ah, I, I just don't want to don't want to hear them 
like whine about kids are too sensitive now and shit like that. I don't know. That's like their their um, cancel culture rampage or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, kids yeah. Too sensitive. Yeah, huh. and I know not I all of them that. are like that, but there was a there was the, remember that thing a few years ago where Fat Mike made a joke about uh, the shooting in Las Vegas when we, when they were playing there. Oh shit! I didn't know that. No. Oh really? I yeah. Didn't catch they, that controversy. No. Because there was there was a shooting right and at like a country concert and he made the uh, quote-unquote joke about how it's a good thing we're playing rock music. No one's going to come and, and shoot up the place or whatever. And so like, country, like country musicians and their fans are gun toters or something like I, that? I guess, yeah. Uh, okay. yeah. Um, so there was this big hubbub about that. and dur- there was It was during, um, oh, what's that Las Vegas like punk concert? Is that punk rock bowling? There was like a sit-down fireside chat with, with uh, Keith Morrison and Henry Rollins and Jello Biafra, I think it was the three of them, or it was somebody else talking about the controversy. It was so fucking ridiculous, man. Uh, old punks just rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would. I guess I would agree. I don't think about him too much. Henry Rollins, I think about a lot actually. But that's yeah. That's Henry, it. Was Henry Henry Rollins? Maybe it wasn't Henry Rollins because like two of them had like the shitty opinion about people being too sensitive and and that's not what punk rock is and and whatever and i'm pretty sure it was jello biafra that was like well you gotta look at the bigger picture kind of thing Mm -hmm. anyway anyway we're way fucking off topic uh my next question staying on the theme of bands and music is uh what was your favorite band in the ninth grade the ninth grade I find it hard to delineate by that. I mean, that's before I like, I mean, I, I would probably say it's the Deftones. What year did Adrenaline come out? 95 is too early. Around the first 97. That's around that time. That was the first album I ever like knew of the release date and like oh, went wow. to the shop to get it. Right. Uh-huh. Like, that's around that time. I would probably say that band. I do remember okay. a little bit of a curve in that era of like, there was a band like the the Chemical Brothers, Fat mm-hmm. Boy Slim, Prodigy. Wow. I do like a real bad period of time where I was like, this this stuff is good. Yeah. And I also you know also liked Corn for example or sure, something like sure. that. Yeah. One of those groups probably in in ninth grade was what I was really okay, on, into. Okay. I don't know why when I was when I was thinking about this, I was gonna say I think sophomore year, but then I went with freshman. I don't know. Yeah. Uh Deftones is a good answer too. You were like ready for Sacramento, because you weren't in Sacramento at that time yet, huh? No, I had never heard of it. Even after being a Deftones fan, I don't think I knew what Sacramento was. Okay. Or... Okay. Mine was early in in ninth grade. So this was ninety six, ninety seven, right? Yeah, 96, 97 was Blink-182, and then I think they signed to a major label, so I was like, I'm, I'm too cool for this now. Uh, I was one of those old punk guys I don't like anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, then it was probably no effects, I think. Because that, that same year, that was like such a huge year for, for that like pop-punk epifat kind of stuff. Because like, So Long and Thanks for All the Shoes came out. 
and like Suicide Machines had their first album. And uh, Descendants had their comeback record. That's oh, true, every, yeah. Everything, everything Sucks, sucks is great. It feels like these were all on the periphery. I would say that, like, I was skating at the time, too. So they yeah. were all there. Yeah. Uh, the Epitaph album that I... My first Epitaph album was Smash. Off sure. Smash, oh, yeah, mine too. Like, I feel like that was... That's like elementary school, though. Yeah. It's hard to pinpoint these ages. I'm not sure. <laughs> what year were you born? 82. 82. Okay, I'm 81. Yeah. Uh, and I was also, uh, I started school later and so I was always older than everyone too. I did um, kindergarten two years in a row. Same thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. Okay. Okay. So my next question you already answered. So the other fourth question that I was going to ask you is, have you ever been in a band? No. Or do you, I'm do not, you have really. any, have you ever had any urge to play music or anything like that? I had a guitar in mm-hmm. around that time, ninth, 10th grade. I remember trying to cover Green Day's Insomniac. What's that song? Jaded. Oh, yeah. Uh, what is that song? Donna. It's just called Jaded, right? I can't Donna. remember. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah I yeah, remember yeah. In, a, in a friend of mine's bedroom trying to play that and not having like just. Oh, Brain Stew no. Jaded. That's Brain right. Stew Jaded. Brain Stew. Yeah. Which one is the must have been Brain Stew is the really slow one. Brain Stew is the really slow, and then Jaded was when it gets really, really punk. Yeah. I really liked that album, by the way. So yeah. maybe maybe that was my favorite band. Um, <laughs> no, the answer, is, the answer, to be perfectly honest, is no. Okay, you know? okay. Uh, the The original question was, where did you grow up? But I'll, I'll change that to, um, uh, how, did, how did you end up in Sacramento? Oh, I took a job. That's it. Oh, really? Yeah. That's it? Yeah, I'd, I'd literally never been here. I interviewed on the internet, Skype. and then With the uh, library? Yeah, got a second interview, so I came down because I was like, I don't know if I, I don't know in this place. Interesting, um, okay. So I came down here and it, I didn't learn anything. Like I was here for like 20 hours. Or so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, for an interview. But a friend of mine had a friend who grew up in the county, I think. Not uh-huh. now that I know Sacramento a little bit, they're not a Sacramento. I would imagine they were probably from like Roseville or out oh, that okay. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that person had said, like, yeah, Sacramento's got a cool scene. There are a lot of house parties. It's like, yeah. okay, I guess I'll go there. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Okay. I didn't know that. Okay, the the fifth and final question, and also the most important question. Uh cats or dogs? Oh, cats all the way. I think I'm a as I get older, I think I'm afraid of dogs more. A little bit afraid yeah. of dogs. <laughs> <laughs> dogs. I don't know what I'm admitting to. I don't know if that's true, but dogs are just too needy for me, man. Cats totally are needy. They're so nice. They're so easy, and like you just let them sit on your lap and you pet them, and they fall asleep. You don't have to take them outside. Yeah, cats. It's interesting. I feel you're so you're a dad, right? Like you're an admitted dad on the podcast. I, I mean, I've heard you talk about your pod, yeah. about your kids, etc. Right? So like. <laughs> I've often heard like folks like, like dogs take, they're needy. They take care. It, it changes your life when you get a dog mm-hmm. to some degree, mm-hmm. right? Like you can't like, yeah, you yeah. got to go home. You got to check, you got to walk it. You got to do all sorts of stuff that you don't have to do with a cat per se. But like yeah. a lot of people I've heard are say, say like, you know, like um, if you, if you start to have a family, if you have a kid, like a, a dog can fold into that without too sure. much disruption, right? Is, is sure. that not something you've, you've wanted to experience or? I wanted a dog cause I grew up being a dog lover and I hated cats until mm. I met Amanda's cats. Mm. Mon Petit and Nutterby. RIP to both of them. Um, yeah. I grew up with dogs and I, I love dogs and I wanted dogs. But 
every time I'm around a dog, like dog sitting or whatever, and it's and it's my responsibility now, I'm like, oh, this is too much. This is too much. <laughs> <laughs> like I like even with kids, it's too much, but it's it's different. It's 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 a different kind of too much with kids. So I don't know. Cat and fucking I don't know, you met Mon Petit. Yeah. That cat was cat. the best. Yeah. Just sit in your lap, rub his rub his face against your your face, and oh, it was great. Loved That's him. That's true. Someday we'll yeah, get another cat. I won't argue. <laughs> I'm not gonna ever have a dog, so I won't argue. Good, good. Otherwise we would have had to uh stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the pass control like <laughs> uh, yes yes exactly <laughs> i i do want to talk about drag race but we can't talk about the most recent season we I just finished I, all stars uh, four and we started season 13 you're way more in than i am than i think i feel like yeah. i may have presented myself like as a person like i am currently in a watching group uh-huh um and COVID-19 helped in that like you had to work um you sort of created like um select people with whom you would do something inside with yes yes um and that's how I got into a scenario where I was watching uh drag race oh okay okay and I find myself like yeah so I'm committed to that currently but I don't I don't know like if I'm a if if I'm if I'm qualified to talk beyond this season okay 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 (laughs) So is it yeah. the is it the current season the only one you've really watched? Yeah, that's right. Oh, I've heard okay. commentary and I've been around folks who talk about it and uh-huh. such. So it's not an unfamiliar thing to me. Okay, this this season is the one that I know. I like. I've selected a queen. Yeah, that I'm rooting for. Nice. Um, and know what's going on for sure. Okay. Okay. Also, yeah. like, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that there is a contestant, a, a queen from Sacramento, on this. Oh, really? Season. And that's really great. Actually. That's cool. I, like that yeah. I love my Sacramento representation. That's yeah. exciting. I want to know if this, if, if they are going to like just being on that show, probably it's a little bit of fame, right? Oh yeah, for um, sure. But assuming they do well, I wonder what that means for you long run, long term, especially in a town like Sac that's a little small, right? So I yeah, wonder. Yeah. I think there's a, a pretty good like drag scene and stuff though here. Yeah. Cause there's sure. always like, drag queens coming through and going to like faces and you know, those clubs down there on K street. So I don't know. That's exciting. I didn't know that. Now I'm even more excited for the, for the next season. Yeah. But we've got to get through season 13 and then we got one more season of all stars and then we'll get to season 14. How do you pace yourself? Like when are you just, we just binge, we binge watch shit. Yeah. Okay. So like we started watching a long time ago. And we got up to like season eight, I think, eight or nine. And then for some reason got distracted and stopped watching. And mm-hmm. just recently, um, we, you know, we were doing the classic, like sit there on the couch, like scrolling through all the different streaming apps. Like, what do you want to watch? What do you want to watch? Do you want to start watching Drag Race again? Do you want to pick up where we left off? And so we, we picked up where we left off and we're like, you know what? This is delightful. This is it's exactly what i need after a hard day's work mm-hmm. is like a little bit of drama but not too much mm-hmm. and just this amazing creativity and positivity and oh i love it love it so much yeah i feel that so i i mean 
if you have Paramount Plus, you can go back and watch like all the seasons. I mean, it's a good sell for that app, yeah. actually. That's a good point. Yeah, it really is. And I don't know, the commercials are annoying, but they're not that bad. You can just mute it. Yeah, we also grew up with them, so it's not like a super yeah. foreign concept. They're different, though. Like, it's it's always the same commercials. For like t- two weeks, you have the same commercials, kind of like when we were growing up. But they're not fun. I don't know. They're yeah. never fun commercials anymore. It's always just like whatever, you know, uh, antidepressant they're selling or erectile dysfunction thing that they're selling like that tells you a little bit about the audience or like those that (laughs) yeah i don't know like the streaming audience is different i I feel like if i'm not mistaken like recently i watched with commercials something and it felt like to me like there would be like five commercials in a break and like four of them were the exact same like car dealership commercial (laughs) (laughs) to start over and over again it's like one time recently where it showed the exact same commercial three times in a row it was really fucking bizarre I've seen that before and I don't like it. And one, yeah, and never mind. Yeah, yeah. They can be bad. I guess I'm just not super upset about them. I like yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, Drag Race is fucking great. Uh, I would definitely recommend going back and watching some if, if, if you like it enough. Anyway, so. Oh, I didn't say this at the beginning. Uh, Nate gave me the band Garrison. Oh, yeah. Today we're going to be talking about Garrison eventually how how'd you find garrison what's what's your what's your story with garrison revelation records is probably what yeah brought me garrison okay okay you had actually you had asked me you'd pointed out an interview that um with joe grillo i can't remember his last name uh-huh. um, something like that uh, the, one of the guitarists and he'd pointed out like that Garrison that they randomly got signed to Rev and all of a sudden they were selling albums. They're uh-huh. like, what? <laughs> I was that yeah. kid. Um, oh, okay. Okay. Think, so you, were you like a big revelation records kid? Like just anything they put out? I wonder how it came to that. Like he definitely at that time. Yeah. Late nineties for sure. Uh-huh. Um, we're talking like what, like s- sophomore, junior, junior, senior year for a hundred percent. I really liked Rev. Um, okay. Okay. The CD shop I mentioned earlier, I got a job at. It was a C- it was a CD store slash VHS slash car stereo spot that kind of shit. Oh. Okay. Um, and Rev was one of the few places that we ordered like vinyl from because my boss uh-huh. was like, "Yeah, okay, we can do that." And so we'd get like a box yeah. of Rev shit. And I would imagine, uh, I don't know if it's like we. I don't know if I don't know if I heard it on a sampler or if it was just like oh this is the, this new album or if we got we got lots of promos like be a criminal that one of the yeah. albums that Garrison put out like I the copy I currently have is like a punched promo copy that was just cool, sent cool, by the yeah. label so I think I think that's how it is and the Ben before the like I heard it like that Ben before the break was an album a little EP that I had heard uh-huh. um, and then a mile in cold waters like really where it took off for me and I think it's because it sounded like a little bit like that. You know, like that that crank shit, like mineral or vitreous humor, or uh-huh. like yeah, yeah, it totally is in that same kind of world. Yeah, and I had some coworkers who I was always trying to impress who liked that shit. So I think that was <laughs> yeah, probably like really attracted me. Yeah, but they progressed in a way that I think I was progressing at the same time. So they really cemented okay. themselves over those years, like as they yeah, became yeah, more yeah. accessible rock or whatever you would call it. But uh, okay, okay, they were always like a band that I had heard their name. I don't even think I knew they were on revelation, but they don't seem like, uh, cause when I think of revelation, I think of like 
youth crew. Like that's all I think of mm-hmm. when I think of Revelation. But I know that's not true. Like Elliot is on yeah. uh, Revelation, and that's not youth crew at all. Like, but for some reason, like that's all I think of when I when I think of uh, a Revelation. Like I never got super into Revelation stuff. I did find that they were on a compilation that I had in like 2000. There was this, this uh, it, I thought it was just a Fiddler Records comp. Um, but if quite a few years ago, I reached out to Fiddler Records when they had, they made their, um, a Facebook page. And so I reached out and I was like, hey, there was this comp, like uh, there was this one band on the comp that I can never find any information on. And so they told me, oh, it was like a split between a bunch of different labels. And so Rev was one of them and Eyeball. That's how I first heard, one of the first times I heard Thursday and Dashboard Confessional. Uh, but Garrison was on there. The song uh, After the Fight was the song on there. After the know? Fight. Yeah, by uh, name, I don't think I can. But I'm really curious, like after this is done, I really want to pull that song up and listen to it and be. I'll probably be like, oh yeah, I remember this song. Because that was like, one of the CDs I would spin all the time while I was driving around delivering pizza around like Elk Grove. But yeah, they were just like a band that for some reason I never found out anything about. Like I didn't know anything about them really. I've, I wonder why. And I, I was super stoked on that, that interview recommendation gave me because he seemed to clarify a couple of things within mm-hmm. that context. Like he went on a little bit of a ramp, rant about Rev using realizing that they needed to put albums out in order to keep their back catalog relevant right? yeah so yeah I, that, I don't know if that's true i take his word that that's that's how he felt yeah. they were being used but that they would put out a cd and they wouldn't really promote it mm-hmm. and that it would help them sell texas is the reason you know like represses exactly exactly um, i i wonder if that's why like it, it seems true to me a little bit that the band wasn't yeah i don't know i definitely like that I mean, pushed it seems like it because like Elliot, for example, the only reason I knew about Elliot was because I followed initial records pretty closely mm-hmm. um, because of Elliot and, and uh, another compilation I had from initial. And so that's the only reason I knew about Elliot and followed them. But uh, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that was kind of the case. Because yeah, he did talk about how um, when it came to reissuing stuff, the guy from from Garrison didn't even want to really talk to the Rev guy because he's like, yeah, he's it's probably not worth his time to to repress this stuff when he can just repress Youth of Today or whatever and sell out of those. So, I mean, oh, I yeah. get that. I, mean, I do too. I would not buy a Youth of Today repress, but I would buy a Gorilla Biscuits repress. Sure, I, sure, think sure. I do like that band. I get it. I'm sure yeah. you could easily get one too. <laughs> oh, they're t- they're available. Actually, haven't bought one, but whatever. <laughs> I already have it. I don't know, like, yeah. If I need that, if I need that crispy yellow <laughs> or something like that, they'll they'll do a pressing with like real gorilla hairs in it. That's funny. <laughs> That'd be get. sick. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see them live or anything? No, I didn't. No. Actually, I was I was looking around a little bit on the internet, and I came across a show that one of the few live shows that's seems to be available of this band is in Seattle, which would have been the space where I would often go oh. to shows. And, um, it was 99. Um, okay. So oh yeah. I, I think I was 16. Of that. Yeah. It's pretty cool footage actually. And yeah. uh, I was 16. It's not the kind of age where I was driving to Seattle at that point to like see yeah, a show. Sure, um, sure, sure. And, um, uh, I texted a friend of mine who would frequently go to rock, rock candy, the venue. And, uh, 
he's like, yeah, I was at the show, but I didn't watch them. Like I was there to see botch and boy sets fire. And I was like, Oh, okay. That makes oh, sense. Fuck. Yeah. 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 <laughs> A pretty sweet show. <laughs> that sounds fucking amazing. Yeah. Did you ever see, this is totally off topic. Did you ever see botch? Yeah. I saw botch a lot there. actually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm jealous. I mean, I, I saw them too, but um, not until their last tour, but that's, that's rad. I remember, uh, when, uh, I went to, I lived in Santa Barbara for like a year, uh, and I became friends with this girl who was from, uh, the Seattle area. And she was, I had mentioned that I wanted to go see these arms are snakes cause they were coming mm-hmm. through. And I was like, Oh yeah, it's members of this band called botch. And she's like, Oh my God, no, I don't want to go now. <laughs> cause she like I've saw them all the time and yeah. Too many times. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I wonder about that sometimes too. Cause like this Garrison comes out of that scene. It's another thing too. Like, yeah, Rev was one of the reasons, but like that scene was really important to me uh, mm-hmm. at that time. Um, bands like Cave In and Piebald are like big bands for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's all talking to, like this. They come out of that scene yeah. in a way. I had um, no idea about that too. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's crazy. fascinating. Imagine though, like where you're like, this person is like tired of seeing botch, which is kind of an obscure band in comparison, I think uh, sure, to sure. someone yeah. like some of those groups and like, I don't know, like what it would mean to live in that space. Like these guys are f- being recorded by Corp- Kurt Ballou and like working in, in restaurants with dudes from Piebald and Cable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's wild. It, they don't fit really into that scene musically as much as I would have mm-hmm. expected, but that's kind of why they're cool. I think uh, to some yeah, degree, yeah. Like, they're definitely doing their own thing. They have kind of a different sound than that. I mean, it, Cave In and Piebald like don't sound like each other at all either. And Garrison no. doesn't sound like it, any of those bands. Um, I'm curious about Piebald, man. It would be cool to get a Piebald playlist because I've tried to listen to them a little bit and I saw them live a couple times and I'm just like, well, why do people like these? So they have that one, uh, you're part of it song that everyone likes. And I'm like, yeah, that song's okay. But like, I don't get it. So yeah, I think it's, fun. there's one thing that they have in common with Garrison is that there's a lot of humor in their titles, their lyrics. P- Piebald's more on the nose, funny. Garrison's uh-huh. a little bit like darker in their humor. But like, if you look at like a, the song, just the song titles, like of Mile and Cold Water, like it, there's some fucking hilarious titles on there. And I think that, <laughs> I think what some of Piebald's strength is in the, in the, like they have this like strange way of being politically relevant at the time. I always felt like they would have something serious to say and then they would destroy uh-huh. it with just being absolutely stupid, yeah, yeah, literally yeah. stupid. Um, with, uh, with titles like, uh, if if it weren't for Venetian blinds, it would be curtains for us all or whatever. It's a great, it's such a great <laughs> title, but it's so stupid, right? You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, both these yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like, by, like I saw them live a number of times and their last couple of albums were dumb. <laughs> Just like, really? not, I did not like them. No, <laughs> not at all. But I think, you know, I was yeah. really into that band for a, for a long time and, yeah, I don't know. It's not surprising, I guess, that Garrison was there and on that radar. But it's interesting, yeah. though, because Boy Sets Fire was mentioned in a show. Like, Garrison went on tour with them. And I remember specifically uh-huh. when I first heard the song Rookie by Boy Sets Fire, which is like a... It's on that album after the eulogy, which starts with like a real Victory yeah. Records hardcore basher, right? Just like... <laughs> that yes, it song. does. It's like, I'm like, yeah, this is my... Fuck yeah, this is what I like. Because I, I was a big Victory <laughs> fan, too. And then it goes uh-huh. into that song Rookie, which is um, a super serious song. And Nathan Gray, the vocalist, is singing. Yeah. And um, 
I remember yeah. hearing that for the first time being like, oh man, this isn't tough. Like it's not, it's not like, this isn't metal. Where's the metal? And then listening to it se- for a second <laughs> time, it was on like a comp or something. And I was like, oh man, this is great. Um, and I felt like for the first time I was, must, I was young, but like, I was like, oh, this is serious music, you know, like music is, I, f- I felt like a, like I was listening, I was maturing a little bit, I sure, guess. Sure, and Garrison, sure. <laughs> Garrison leans, falls into that a little bit too. I think like you talk about Rev being more of like a, a youth crew label, which I don't think it was by that point. I really I think, think if you look so at their catalog yeah. in the late nineties, like they had like the movie life and shit on there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that the Garrison did feel like a. I don't know. It just felt like I was maturing a little bit despite I would being 17. It's like, Oh yeah, I'm just more serious here. Take, <laughs> listen to my serious album over here. Elliot was the same way for me, by the way. Yeah. 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 Elliot was definitely yeah. like, this is so far from all the punk stuff that I, that I listened to, but for some reason I just fucking love it. Uh, yeah. False cathedrals, man. Oh, that's good. Classic shit. They are reuniting to tour or to do a show. Oh, I know. Right? I know. Original lineup and everything. Uh, okay. Let's get into our first song then. I'm never good at like the, the funny introductions. So I usually just say, say the song title. But if you've got a funny introduction for this first song, now's your chance. Do you, are you going to play it? Hey, y'all. This is my first time on the, uh, on the podcast <laughs> with Danny. Like, <laughs> no. Well, I'll play like. Oh yeah, right. So this is the way this works. Is like uh, I will play like the so- the timestamps that I have written down, but okay. uh, yeah, I won't play the whole song right now. Word, but you do do an introduction, right? Like, but you do that in post. Uh, yeah, well, I'll go in and add the song in later, and like add right. okay, gotcha. add the actual song clips because like me just holding my phone up to the mic sounds like shit, uh, and plus you can hear you've tried it. At least you've tried it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't have a funny introduction. I don't think I've caught my flow yet. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, that's okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, the first song is off of their 2003 album, their last album, I think, uh, The Silhouette. The song is called Everything You Want. This song, this wasn't exactly what I expected to hear with Garrison. Like mm-hmm. I had these ideas in my head, right? Because of the their own revelation. Uh, and the album art is like similar to other bands that I liked of that era. But like the, the beginning of this song has like this kind of rock and roll swagger to it. Mm-hmm. Like the verses, which is kind of interesting. If I'd heard this at the time, I think I might have this song anyway kind of picked up on that because I was really into like 2003 I was into like the Bronx and Murder City Devils and like yeah. that uh, I was like trying to write music like that the catheter is like this kind of rock and roll punk rock kind of thing so I, I wasn't expecting to hear anything like that especially from a band that was you know a, a revelation band quote unquote but it was kind of I don't know it's kind of interesting to hear from that from that I think for me like at this point, like I'm definitely like, I, I feel like 
I put songs from their first, from their last two EPs on here and they weren't the things that I listened to the most, right? Like I definitely own them and I uh-huh. have listened to them many, many times. Um, but I really liked the speed that they played with. And for whatever reason, I'm not a musician. This is why I think this conversation would be really funny because I just don't know necessarily <laughs> how to discuss, how to discuss parts, etc. But like, it feels uh-huh. really clean. Like it's obviously recorded well and they're technically proficient in what they're doing in comparison perhaps to their first yeah, yeah, couple yeah. of releases. And so like, I feel like at that time I was listening to exactly as you're saying, maybe it was more in vogue. It was more, it was more trendy, but it, at the same time, like these dudes had been doing it since 97, 98 years yeah, old, yeah. 98. Right. Um, and this was just sort of like them nailing it, I think. And I, uh, they, they really like, yeah, it's just a clean, fast ripping song that um <laughs> yeah 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 it is pretty well produced and uh it kind of gets right to the point right away too and i think maybe that's part of it um and i feel like a lot of these songs it's like very very short intro and then right into the singing mm-hmm. but then uh the chorus is kind of more of what i expected to hear and this is kind of like this one in the next song kind of have the early aughts like compilation CD energy, uh, which I was all about that shit at that time. So let's listen to a little bit of the chorus. Welcome to everything you want. It gets you nothing. have like comps and stuff that you like discovered new bands from and like would listen to over and over again like those kind of things i was not necessarily a repeat comp listener no but i did have some that i listened to uh and like rev had one in-flight program which i really like memories of that um okay okay i was a typical punkorama emo diaries um sure sure kind of stuff but no not too often i guess i would get maybe some of those promo record comps like initial you said initial earlier they had a pretty funny yeah. sampler at one point yeah they had a whole bunch of samplers right so I, that stuff came around i guess when you say that as a it's like definitely like a potential like single like i could see i could see rev putting mm-hmm. it on a comp and trying to yeah. trying to push it to some degree yeah um but i don't know about the sound i don't know like to me like this as i i made this playlist for you and then i listened to it a bunch of times just sort of like mm-hmm. okay like i'm gonna get familiar with this I wonder if I didn't want to include songs from every release, if I would have put this on. And mm-hmm. I think um, that says something to some degree about it. I feel like I'm now I'm backtracking on it because I'm not. I think it's really song. <laughs> it's totally ripping song. But um, but to some degree, like um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know what to say yeah. beyond that. Oh, I, I totally understand though. Like that happens. I don't know, every few episodes of this podcast, like I will be listening to the playlist that I made and I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like <laughs> like the Jawbreaker episode, uh, I like threw that playlist together and I'm listening through this playlist. And I'm like, Dante's going to hate this shit. Like, why did I give him any of these songs? And then he ended yeah, up liking the- Boxcar the most, which I was so surprised. I thought it would be too for punk sure. for him. With this one, like I, I like um, how they 
progress towards the end, you say that that chorus, the chorus isn't my favorite thing. I like the idea of like everything you want in the early 2000s when you're starting to realize like, wait a second, I finished, I finished school. I'm in college. Like lyrically to me, that makes a lot of sense because it's like, this is, you know, yeah. it, it's nothing. Like what the, fuck, <laughs> what the fuck is all this shit? But there is an approach they take towards the end where like, because it's a dual vocal attack, which I really like about yes. Garrison. It's not like, it's not like, um a dominant vocalist and a secondary vocalist really it's two do two guys who are singing with some relative they're they're singing throughout right and so like yeah. they have those parts where like they can they can take a verse or a chorus towards the end of that song and then have another dude like aggressively and almost like almost like kind of like in a sort of chaotic fashion like march over it right like which sounds really really cool like i i do think that one of the reasons i would pick this song has to do with that ending in particular as a sort of oh yeah progresses into that madness i've got a a timestamp for the ending because one of like one of the things i absolutely love is those kind of dual vocals like that's one of the things that grabbed me about taking back sunday when i first heard them was that kind of dual vocal thing and pretty like if if you want me to like a song give me a song with dual vocals on it and i'll fucking fall in love (laughs) just for sure. And also, like, how about a band where there are two vocalists and, like, at times you're sort of like, wait, which one is this? Like, yes, I love yes. that about this band. <laughs> 100%. I, I felt that way about, uh, I mean, they don't normally sing at the same time except for, like, normal backing vocals. But for the longest time, I didn't realize Alkaline Trio had two singers. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah, I know what yeah, you mean. Yeah. I, I thought it was all Skiba. And then I realized at some point, I think I saw left some live footage or something. And I was like, wait a second. They go back and forth. Do you have any time? Did you write down timestamps for anything? I have 59 seconds. I don't remember why, though. I don't know why I didn't know. as. Oh, I, I know why. Well, I think I know why. I have 57 seconds written down. Oh, let's do it. Let's yeah, see what's left. What's, what's going on at 57 seconds? with us why is it when a band uses a stop like what's explain to me the stop because every time i hear one i'm like fuck yeah keep going. that's amazing <laughs> like a pause it's, like a, it's oh it's almost always fucking great i used to joke about um the first couple saves the day album because every single song they would have a stop like that where the it's just the vocalist for a second but that whole part that that i just played though like it has the end of the the first chorus and it does this little like uh guitar lead or transition part the do 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 it back into the verse and i like that the second verse cuz the first one i had it i played that rock and roll swagger kind of part mm-hmm. and then the second verse is uh isn't like that and it's just like kind of like a high pitched lead kind of thing and and bass and drums yeah, they build it up at the end and they got that stop in there. That's, yeah, that's the kind of, that's how they get you. That's how they get you, yeah. There's a pacing thing too. I don't know what that is, but like this song progressively feels more desperate. 100%. Yeah. That's really rad. Especially the end of that verse that we just played. His vocals get more and more desperate sounding at the end. And I think that the dropout of all all the music really emphasizes that. Let's hear the dual vocals. Unless, do you have anything else? 
154. Perfect. Yes. Serendipity or something. Yeah, the dull vocals are, are really great because there's like the lead vocal that's doing the normal chorus and then there's mm-hmm. the other vocal behind it. And at, at times I feel like it it doesn't work, like it's out of time. But I also really like that it's kind of off a little bit because like you had talked about how uh, the song feels very clean and stuff. And I agree. But then they have little little things like that. And like the lead guitar that comes in after a couple measures of that is really high pitched and I feel like almost too high, but I also kind of like that it's too high. Like it, it, it works. Like it makes sense. Yeah. I'll go with that. I think it, <laughs> it totally make it, it feels to me like it makes sense. I feel like I like that, that, that combining the, the, the shout basically yes. is what you're hearing kind of like behind that, that is just a person like kind of flipping out. And I, as I think <laughs> about this 2003, you're, you're mentioning Taking Back Sunday, uh, a group that I want to mention a little bit as well, or that style, Saves the Day, like comes up to, for me in a couple songs. But like this idea that like, although it's not obvious, like, that's a cool breakup, like fucking pissed off yes. mantra that this person's going through that's a little bit less like, uh, it's just a little bit more mature, I guess. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's a little bit less like whiny, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I know. True to feeling to some degree too. Like it's, I don't know. It's, I hadn't, I hadn't thought of it in that context, except for we kept touching upon some of that contemporaneous pop, uh, emo music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, to think that this is coming out at the same time, I guess I didn't really make that connection super clearly, but yeah. Yeah. So much of that stuff like was all happening. Like I just remember being so into all that stuff and like all these bands would tour together that, fit but didn't quite fit at the same time almost like the, the end of this song but yeah like this band playing with boy sets firing and, and botch like kind of doesn't make sense no but it would be fucking sick to see <laughs> it doesn't make sense but it was that era yeah i think yeah by and large 100 percent. do you have anything else to say about this song everything you no want? i think um it is not everything i want it is a lot of what i want <laughs> The the song that comes before this, if you if you decide to continue with this band, like I almost actually chose that from the silhouette instead, but it's not really like it's just a shout, like for like over and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's some cool shit that this that they're doing, I think, for like that era's rock and roll music or whatever. Even these guys are like, Yeah, we were we were playing rock, we're not playing hardcore. This is yeah, punk, yeah, this yeah. is rock music, this is pop. Um, but I do think they had some some fun aggression that made sense, I guess, for the scene that they were in, but the sound is not. This yeah, song is yeah. a pretty good example of that. <laughs> this is like the thinking man's version or the thinking person's version of the music from that era. <laughs> it's so funny. It feels like this wasn't it like a botch slogan or was it like a Hydrahead record slogan, like thinking man's metal or something <laughs> like that? Wouldn't I would not be surprised, yes. <laughs> I take it, yeah. I would imagine that 
the dudes in Garrison would like to hear that because they seem kind of like those guys that are like, yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. we're the smart, we're the smart rock band. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the next song off of 2002's The Model, we watch the world come down. This one sounds like geek rock to me. What is geek rock? Like uh, uh, Weezer, early Weezer, Oh, OK, okay yeah. Go, a little early OK Go, uh, Ozma, like that kind of feel. And boy, did I, I did not expect to think of of that kind of stuff listening to this band. I don't have a specific timestamp for that. It's just kind of the entire song. He sings differently yeah. on this song. Yeah. The nasal that you get in the first song is less relevant. It's less here. I think it's a, it might be the other dude. I feel like you've got Ed singing on the first song and then potentially Joe on the second song. I can't, don't quote me on it. I don't even know how I would look that up. Oh, interesting. Okay. So they have two separate vocals that sing lead on different songs. Yeah, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 That adds a whole new uh, element to this. Interesting. I did not realize this is the fucking alkaline trio situation. For That's me. what I'm talking about. Like there's something similar about it. They both have a slightly nasal approach. If you hear like a scream is Joe, as far as I know. And, okay. um, and the like, and I feel like a little bit more sing songy is him too. Like the two extremes, but the, they yeah. like the next song, which is really like, a strange like it's not like beautiful in the way that it's sung is this guy is that a dude ed and i think he's the one who sings the first song too but i'm not 100 percent sure i don't know how to look it up unfortunately if you have a resource for that uh like where credit not is specific given song things. to song uh it's just kind of yeah. overall very interesting though but something in your walk just won't admit to be and i'm pacified instead I really fucking love it. It, I think this might be my favorite song or it's, it's up there. I did. I mean, I just expected to hear like a band that sounded like the movie life or something. Yeah. It's, it's so like, it's this weird blend of different genres, like a little bit of alternative rock coming in, even though they've, they seem to come out of this harder rock scene. I mean, piebald isn't a hard rock, but, you know what I mean? Um, I think, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's so interesting. Like, I think I'm mostly surprised because I didn't expect it, but that's kind of fun. I don't know. It, to, yeah, I don't know how to describe this too. Like to me, this, this EP, the model is, is that it's a bit of a, I mean, both silhouette and the model, I think of them as kind of the same thing, right? I think they were split intentionally. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of rev bands at the time, like Curl Up and Die did the same thing. They're like, yo, you can have this EP. I'm going to do this other one over here. And then we're going to not work with you again. Something was going on over <laughs> yeah. at rev at the time, but it really felt yeah. to me like this material is kind of similar from the two, but like this one, um, 
Yeah, I don't know. It's where I was at musically at the time. And I feel like I progressed with these guys to some degree in that way. And um, uh, it has never gotten old for me, but it does not. um, Yeah, I don't know. I think I think one of the reasons I wanted to pick this, especially in contrast to everything you want, is that it's it's slower. It's a little bit more. um, It's a little bit more emo pop in the way that you're talking about it. A little bit more like, Mm -hmm. yeah, geek. I guess we were talking what you're saying. It shows like you'll see in some of the earlier songs parts that. Re- are, are reminiscent of these in their more primitive ways, but like the, the mm-hmm. each of these songs complement one another really well. And yeah, I don't know. It's, it's very cool. I'm very curious to listen to more of this EP and kind of like try and pay attention to see uh, the different vocalists. If I can kind of make out which one's which, because it didn't even occur to me that it was two different singers. I was like, he's just singing differently now. Yeah. There's a really, really cool transition coming up. really cool stop at the end of the verse it's that same kind of like stop thing that was on the last song i almost wish that it wasn't like double time in the chorus i really like the chorus but it kind of takes it away from that geek rock thing and i want it to stay you want to slow the whole time yeah <laughs> yeah or just like up the tempo a little bit for the chorus but it's doing that like downstroke thing uh which i mean it's it's cool and it I wrote these notes kind of early on in listening to the playlist. And the more I listen to it now, I'm like, no, that's, that's obviously the way it should be. Like, I don't know what Mm -hmm. I was talking about. (laughs) And this one has dual vocals as well toward the end. They all do. I think if I'm not mistaken, Yeah, I feel like that's, I mean, you can't go wrong. Is that like, why do you not see it more often then? Like why? I don't know. You really have to do it right. I mean, you have to have the lyrics for it, right? You have to have bonus lyrics. I mean, I guess you could do like a verse and a chorus at the same time or something like that. But I don't know. I don't know why. It just makes for such a like powerful uh, end of a song. For sure. I'd be curious to know how they like, how you structure a writing session around something like that too. Like if you're... Seems like it'd be more like if a person's delivering you the words that you will then sing, or if you are figuring out a way to add or compliment to something that's already written. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, it's it's got to come up naturally. You can't force that shit, man. <laughs> True. These dudes are apparently like longtime friends too, right? So they're like the. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you know that band, the Minutemen? Like the guy. Um, oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. D Boone and Mike Watt, like friends uh-huh. since childhood turned it. Turned yeah. out, I think these, I mean, these guys are not as good as D Boone and Mike Watt. Let's just be honest. But like, <laughs> um, the long-term friends. I wonder if there's a vibe that you build over time, right? Like that's something you can really call oh, sure, sure. with one another, but yeah. yeah, it becomes easier and easier over time. Like writing music with kind of the same people. I've always, I always found it hard to start writing music with different people. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I'm not super confident anyway with, with guitar stuff, but like having to sort of start, it's almost like starting over in a new relationship sort of, you know, mm-hmm. cause you got so used to the way things work there. But yeah, so some, I, that totally makes sense that like these guys 
were, you know, kind of longtime friends and seemed to really be really good at kind of collaborating on this stuff. For sure. One thing that's interesting about this versus the upcoming song, I don't know if you were, mm-hmm. do you, if, if, if there's time to transition into Harlow, but like what, one thing that they're doing that I like less about the first two songs is that they seem to be uh, one of a piece, like <laughs> what they do in Harlow and what they're doing in some of their earlier songs feels to me like there's a lot of different kinds of parts. Like they're just throwing a lot of, like not throwing in, but like they have a different approach. Um, yes. Yes. So that was something that I was going to bring up. Let's go ahead. Yeah. Let's transition to the next song. So Nate already introduced it. The next song is called Harlow. That's that's totally something that I noticed. You kind of almost went reverse chronological order on these songs. Mm-hmm. Um, this one came out in 99. The, the first one was 2003 and then 2002. But I noticed that they, the earlier songs are a little more intricate. There's more stuff going yeah. on. There's, there's you, within you know a, a 10 second clip of the song, there might be four or five parts happening. And on the later stuff, at least my reference point here on these five songs, is it's a lot more straightforward. Mm-hmm. And I really like the the earlier stuff because it's there's more things happening. And so for for like the guitar guy and me, I'm like, oh, listen to what he's doing here and what he's doing there. So yeah, that's it's. I'm curious about like that transition because like as I was listening, I was like, did they switch members or something like that? But it was it was kind of the same uh, guitar players the whole time. I think the, right from what I read, the bass and drums maybe changed here and there, but it seems like that I think is the case. I'm not sure about their rhythm section. I feel like I asked myself the same question, right? Like, so Harlow is off of their first EP, this Ben before the break, right? They had stuff before it. It feels like of a time as well. Like I'm curious to know what, to what kind of, to what degree the influence of this music around them played into that too. Like just where this, where their particular taste was at in that yeah, moment. Yeah, totally. There are parts of some of Ben a mile in cold water. So the LP that came after this, that maybe mm-hmm. push in that direction. But when be a criminal, like I know we're skipping after this, but like when that came out, like it felt different and it felt also unique at that time too. I was like, what the hell is mm-hmm. this? Like, and that sounded a lot more like the two songs that we just heard. But like with yeah. Harlow, like this is the sh- this is the shit that I like the most. To be perfectly honest, uh-huh. this is my favorite song. Um, and I think uh, it has everything to do with the kind of it's the the recording quality is kind of shitty um, in comparison, at least. <laughs> and like um, the the song is long. Um, the, their songs yeah. are longer in or the earlier songs, and it really fit in with that. I mean, there's just like there are moments where the song seems like it's unwinding, it's falling apart, and then they pull it back together. Um, Whereas on the previous two songs, although I was listening to a lot more of that straightforward like pop or rock music in the Mm -hmm. early mid two thousands, like those are pretty straightforward. They just keep going, and they and yeah, there's not those moments of of chaos because this Harlow song, like towards the end of that (laughs) the song, like yeah, 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 the the first two songs. It seems like kind of toward the end, that's where they get a little more interesting with the dual vocals and uh, the kind of builds and stops and things like that. 
but this one kind of does it pretty much most of the way through even with like the the intro fill i'm gonna play the intro fill really quick it's really it's a really long fill into the song the intro fill is you're talking about the drums right there the drum right? fill like into the, the song yeah yeah when I hear it, I always expect it to end a little sooner, but I like that it keeps going because it's it's more interesting. Um, it's like a super ball bouncing in a box or something. Just keeps, keeps going. <laughs> yeah. And his vocals on this song are so fucking familiar. It's it's weird. Yeah. It must be like the same vocalist here that sings on the song that was on that compilation that I had uh, when I was when this stuff was happening. Maybe I don't know, but it just sounds so familiar. But my first timestamp pointing out like the different parts that are happening with the guitars and stuff is at 22 seconds. Yeah, let's hear it. yeah there's like i don't know i played kind of a lot but there's like four or five different things happening in like the first i don't know 15 seconds of what i just played yeah it's very interesting and i kind of wish that they would have kept going in that route but i don't know maybe it's it's too uh exhausting to write that many parts yeah i would wonder actually like I don't hear it, I guess, like to some degree in the same way, the complexity, like it sounds wild to me and I can, I see what you're saying. It's it. How do you make that come together then? Like you're saying, like if you continue to like push through uh, these additional parts, you can exhaust yourself, but you're also like, how do you maintain a good song? <laughs> like if you're, <laughs> <laughs> I, you, you just have to make it work. I mean, it's, it's just kind of a different way of looking at a song because like, at the beginning of that, there's like that palm muted part where it's like doing kind of your typical palm muting guitar, but then it opens up and it's uh, kind of two guitars doing leads behind it. And I don't know, for some people, I feel like that would, it's harder to, to follow along like as a listener yeah. um, to that kind of stuff. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's very interesting to think about music in that way because most bands, I feel like, and myself probably included, would just keep going with that palm muted part for the rest of the verse because that's the mm-hmm. that's what you're supposed to do. That's the four four do, 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 do thing, but they have a more angular. That's a word that gets thrown around that I don't really understand, but I think it fits here. Uh, they have a more angular approach to the way they were writing songs anyway. I don't know how much For that sure. continues. At the same time, this song, like in the, um, it's, you can dance to this song. Do you notice this? Like the, the beat is such, especially right before that part, but like it throughout it, like it's angular, it's confusing. It's also uh-huh. a great dance beat. Like, yeah, how, yeah. <laughs> I think it's, it's one of the things that 
really strikes me for sure uh, yeah, when I yeah. when I think of the song or one of the re- th- reasons that I really like it. But yeah, totally. <laughs> so here's but here's a part that I I don't think works. <laughs> well, let's hear it. Yeah, uh, it's at one thirty nine. Do you have anything before one thirty nine? No, mine's at two nineteen. Okay. Okay. I, I still can't get behind that that like high pitched thing, and with the stop in the middle of it, where he's like, "Yeah, okay, okay, hold on, I gotta rest my arm for a second. Okay, here we go. We're getting <laughs> they back were into confused. It. <laughs> and even how much there does was it pull one, you out? Yeah, it it totally pulls you out. And even the I watched a video of them playing this song. I think it was that Seattle show, but they did that part, and it yeah didn't work live for for me either. Yeah, that it's totally pulls me out of the whole thing. But they make up for it right after that. What did you say your timestamp was? Two two nineteen to two thirty one. Perfect, one. perfect. Okay, so it does that part for a little while, but then it gets into do this next part that really, really, really makes up for the kind of awkwardness. There's so much happening there with like, it starts out pretty simple with like the octave run, the mm-hmm. oh, I'm going the wrong way with my hand. Um, but at the, the drums are just so fucking weird there. It's great, man. It's so <laughs> messy. <laughs> That's a word that I would use to describe it actually. Like, um, messy, especially for yeah. a band that is not so messy later on, but it definitely like, yeah, yeah. He did talk about how he, the, the guy that was in that interview was in like kind of a, he said metal, but then he kind of like took, took that word back. Uh, But it was like kind of a mathy, uh, kind of intricate, long song kind of band. I really am curious to listen to that, but I wonder if that's where some of this is coming from early on because he Mm -hmm. was kind of used to writing music like that, where there's all these interesting, intricate things happening. Uh, I'm really bad at counting non-basic time signatures, so they could be doing odd time signatures there, especially when it gets into the, those weird fills, the drum fills at the end. Yeah. And then, I mean, like, the basically 218 to the end of the song is fucking great. Super rad, yeah, I agree uh, with you. I've got, for some reason, I have 247 marked, but I know that, like, this... Yeah, like I said earlier, like it just seems to unravel to some degree yes. and in a way that is very controlled. But mm-hmm. I think that when I was a kid, when I was first hearing this in particular, like it, re- like I, it really is that crank records that you say math. Maybe that's a part of it. Like that's mm-hmm. there's something about like that sound that really struck me back then, and I felt 
um, like, fuck, yeah, these are this is some clever shit right here. Look at me and my smart music or something like that. I think it's probably what was going on in my head at the time. But <laughs> Sure, sure, sure. Also, the vocals at the end of the part I just played remind me a lot of the band Penfold, uh, which, I, which yeah, yeah, yeah. I brought up and you said you hadn't heard them before? I have not heard them. I'm, I know them from your name. and I, I mean, they're a band that the name is familiar to me, but yeah, uh-huh. okay, I do okay. not know them. That's exciting because I, I would be down to give them to you some one of these times. But yeah, the, the vocals there are very reminiscent of that. Let's listen to the very end. The end of that is kind of funny, like the drum fill and the just boom they finished it out <laughs> we're done <laughs> it's it's a great ending though yeah. like the whole the whole ending of the song is fucking rad it's very messy and weird yeah it's a good way to describe it unlike the next song <laughs> unlike the next song i only have three notes on the next song the next song focus 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 i've no ignorance of thieves in love with language, God bearing legalese, pushing the point till it's a show. Time to hang up that kid gloves and learn the lesson like your head. Yeah, this whole song is very straightforward, huh? Up until like a little, maybe halfway through. Oh, totally. The whole album, I think, is to some degree that way. Um, okay, okay. I liked so. I'll t- I'll talk about this song a little bit in that like again like I think for me Garrison is is the EP it is a mile in cold water those are my standouts but this album when it came out um, uh-huh. I loved it it was so weird for what I was listening to at that time 2001 I think or 2000 I don't know if you have the date it's like right uh, around the time I was graduating high school yeah so like I remember I remember thinking like I don't know like it's a concept album right and like each song has this dumb joke about robbing like they're gonna rob a bank or something like that um that's like what it like you know I was trying to mention like this band's kind of funny like they they're jokey they're doing they're committing some sort of crime right it's called be a criminal and um, focus 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 is one of them and I'm trying to like like some of the song titles are just it's a ridiculous album like it's it starts off the first album is called or the first song is recognize an opportunity Followed Uh by choose a weapon, know the locale, focus, focus, focus. So like this, (laughs) the titles themselves are telling a story. And I loved that. I thought that was so fucking cool. Yeah. This song is, this song is fast. It's like really short. Like the first two, everything you want in particular, everything you want. It's like clean and kind of, it's clean and fast. And so I was kind of struck by it at this time in my life. At least I wasn't listening to anything that sounded like this. Uh-huh. And it was really cool. I really dug it. At the same time, like they, in this song in particular, you know, he has that refrain where he's talking about corpses for cannibals. Um, <laughs> and I really like, I really like it. Um, I was a metalhead to some degree as a younger music fan. And this isn't in any way metal in its lyrics. It's more like uh-huh. that trend of like early fallout boy or like taking back Sunday saves the day, like where they would say yeah, like yeah, yeah. crass shit. Um, but like they were really toxic in their masculinity and this is just mm-hmm. a dude who's like not doing that. He's just yeah. like talking about a crime that he's <laughs> planning on committing and I, I fucking dig it so much. That's so, so I funny. think that's what I, I pick here in particular that song. I like the lyrics in this song. They're ridiculous and the album is itself re- 
it's great. Like it's just like, it's just a straight up rock album um, uh-huh, uh-huh. that was for me novel, but with this ridiculous underlying joke concept yeah, that they've yeah, got yeah. going on. But yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, the song after this is called commit, commit, commit. And then the song <laughs> after that, if I'm, is called dump the body. Which is, <laughs> it's rad. Oh my God. That's I probably would have eaten that shit up too. Uh, that was around the time I started to like think about concept albums. Uh, oh my God. That's fucking It's great. still, whenever I hear the, the idea of a concept album in order to remind myself what a concept album is, I have to go back to this album in my head. I'm like, <laughs> Oh yeah. A concept album is like, it's an idea. It's a story that's like told throughout, yeah, yeah, this period, yeah. the, throughout the album. It's an but album about a crime. For sure. <laughs> yeah. We're going to call it be a criminal. <laughs> Uh, this is why they stopped being uh, more intricate in their songwriting because they used up all their energy on this one. This in particular is not that right. Like it's a super <laughs> big turnaround from from Mile and Cold Water, the, oh, the yeah. album they put out before this. Like it yeah, sounds. Well, I mean, the like next it. song. There's so much happening on the next or the next song that we're talking about, and then this song is very straight ahead. It does get a little more interesting, kind of like halfway through. But it doesn't do much. I only, I only have two timestamps. The first one is at one one twenty eight. Oh, my timestamp is the song because I, f- I feel like the song <laughs> is so short. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it isn't. It is. I mean, it's two, two and two thirty, two minutes thirty seconds. So it's pretty short. Toward the end of that, what I was just playing, where he's like uh, saying to choke on, I think I really like the vocals delivery there. And yeah, when I say it gets more interesting, like they just kind of change up the rhythm that they're playing a little bit. I accept that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm curious now, like I'm more curious now that I know that it's like this whole concept kind of thing to, to check this out, to see what's kind of going on. <laughs> Yeah, I'd be curious to like as an album, like I can't submit um, an album as a song. Yeah. Um, although this would probably be one of the more appropriate opportunities for that. It does feel yeah. like there's some continuity there, but <laughs> yeah, I love it. I, I would have put this on even if I had 10 songs, I think, um, and yeah. didn't feel like I wanted to include a piece from all of their catalog. But uh-huh. I think potentially like i mean even uh so this guy joe in that interview even refers to nostalgia he's he makes the really apt point like he's and i was thinking about this while i was watching that live video mm-hmm. recently it's like those dudes on stage do not think that the that their music will still be relevant slash uh being reissued 20 years later like that's just like <laughs> yes. a wild thought like who would have ever thought that i would be like oh dude, they're going to do a reissue of the band before the break. I'm going to totally buy that and spend $22 <laughs> on it or some shit. Like, yeah. 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 In yeah. 2022, what? you know, and like, I that's absurd to think. That. <laughs> Hell yeah. And I did. And I feel like, I feel like, um, oh my gosh, I completely just lost my train of thought when it comes to this. I lost my train of thought. That's oh, bad no. for a podcast. <laughs> Damn it. I'll edit it in later. <laughs> Once the train catches up. Yeah. 
I was making the joke about the about the the reissue. Uh, he was talking in the interview about. about eh, whatever. Let's move along. <laughs> <laughs> that's. I mean, that's kind of all I've got for this song. We can move on now. I think to our last song, uh, off of 2000's "A Mile in Cold Water," our mild scoliosis. <laughs> This is the long song. This song's pretty long and it's pretty slow. It's really slow. It's really long. To some degree, I think when I think of like a month ago when Garrison was just a band that I would put on my rotation and listen to a lot as a kid, mm-hmm. um, this song, if I were to try to describe to you how Garrison sounds, mm-hmm. I would probably have described this song to some degree or something like this song. Like sure. The, yeah. And I don't think that's fair because as we just walked through three of these songs from their later stuff are nothing like this whatsoever. But this <laughs> yeah. is the kind of it's the kind of sound that really stands stands out for yeah. me. It's pretty interesting. There's there's some interesting guitar stuff happening. It made me think of some other bands. Uh, Penfold again. I don't have anything until one oh eight. Do you have anything before that? I don't know. Okay. Okay. Let's. I'll play it. Jump right to my next one, too, at 157. Yeah, a lot of really interesting guitar happening uh and and the rhythm it's he's doing uh rim taps like oh i love that shit i'd eat that eat that up all day is the guitar so there was a question i wanted to ask about that specific guitar part which i think is at the beginning of the song too is it not like the uh it's a dumb question we don't have to spend too much the little lead thing that's happening yeah that thing that is that like, would you describe that as a noodle? Um, I would describe th- the whole part I was just playing with like the rim taps and stuff like that. I would describe that whole part as noodly. Noodly. Yeah. Uh, where it's like, I don't know. How do you describe noodly? A bunch of picking and kind of like moving around the fretboard versus like, just the little part at the very beginning of that where it's like that what I, I would just call that like a lead a lead a lick a, maybe a lick yeah lick that's another one huh. none of this makes uh none of this uh is technically correct but it's the way <laughs> I talk about music <laughs> so hey that's that makes me feel way more comfortable um <laughs> 
in the process of writing the song, these dudes were like, um, yo, let's practice that lick right before the noodle. Yes, what they would exactly. Say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I love music. There's also so uh, cool. <laughs> uh, at when I was doing band practice, we haven't practiced in a long time, but we would talk about wheedleys all the time. Let's do that wheedly wheedly part. So there's wheedleys too. Is that too. a solo? <laughs> a wheedly? Yeah, yeah. Usually. I'm gonna look for a wheedly. Usually, uh, wheedly parts would be uh, two solos happening at the same time. So kind of like noodley, Competing. but more soloy. Yeah. Okay, wheedly. <laughs> I'm writing it down. Being from the Washington area, are you familiar with the band Waxwing? Yeah, I know Waxwing. Yeah. This song I'm... sounds like Waxwing. And as soon as I thought of that, I was so disappointed that Rocky Vadalata wasn't singing. <laughs> yeah, that sucks for you. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Wait, what? What? Nothing I can, There's nothing Garrison can do about that. But, you know. <laughs> do, <laughs> I know what you mean. If you can, if you run into, you run into something that sounds really great, but reminds you of something that you think th- that is really like important to you, nostalgic for you. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> it really wrecks it. My train of thought is back. Danny. Oh, sweet. I'm so sorry about this. This is fucked up. Um, nostalgia was the point. And he was, uh, so in that interview, Joe was talking about like 20 years later, folks are going to buy this shit. And he's like, I know some of it's nostalgia. And um, I want to, I want to wonder if some of that be a criminal stuff, including focus, focus, focus is super influenced by straight up nostalgia, like a spring breeze in my truck driving with that album really loud and just being like, Hell this yeah. is the coolest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> Hell yeah. Anyways, yeah. back to <laughs> 100%. <laughs> uh, it's like a driving, like there's, maybe there's something about like, um, more straightforward rock songs or, mm-hmm. um, and getting a driver's license. Yeah. Like you're yeah. driving, <laughs> they drive the songs simply drive better, faster than yeah. the, than the noodle, the noodly licks of our, yeah. our mild scoliosis. You can't, you can't drive around, uh, in your truck to this. <laughs> no, I mean, you can, this, but it's not the same feeling, right? You're like, you can't, it's not the same feeling. This is one you have to like put on in like a dark room and like, just kind of think about it while you're listening. <laughs> 100%. All uh, kind of all my notes are just like listen to these neat guitars because there's lots of neat guitars. Yeah, so, Is it so so like this album and uh, what was the '99 one? Uh, the Ben Before the Break. Before Is, the it, the is break. it all kind of like yeah. intricate guitar kind of stuff? I think yeah, I think that's what you're gonna find on it. Uh, not being a person who really picks that stuff out as mm-hmm. much as you do, um, I think. Yeah, they scream more on these albums, okay. th- which is a good thing. I like they that too. they yeah. definitely are like definitely are like uh, they're not solos, but they're noodles, right? Like and a lot of guitar stuff, fast yeah. and slow, tons uh-huh. of that time that time shift. Where in the first two songs and also focus, 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 the pacing is relatable, related. It's not surprising. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sweet. It it definitely they don't feel like revelation records records at all, Mm-mm. but they do feel of that time. Like, I don't yeah. think they're unique. They're, they don't feel like they stand out in any other way, but yeah. I would, I would say the, the intricacy of the, what's happening with the guitar kind of makes them stand out a little bit. Cause I feel like a lot of the bands that we've kind of mentioned are, are not as noodly 
and stuff like that. Like, uh, who have we mentioned? Like, Taking Back Sunday, Saves the Day. I don't know. We, I mentioned Fairweather like a long, long time ago. <laughs> but, like, these bands are pretty straight ahead. And they'll have some some leads and things here and there. But, like, this song and uh, the other, the one from 99 are pretty like intricate. Like I don't remember a lot. I mean, I'm sure there were more, but as far as like what I was into at that period of time in my life, uh, it was more of that straight ahead stuff. So I don't know. I may, maybe I would have been really into be a criminal back then, but this is the kind of shit I eat up now. Like if you noodle on a guitar, like I want to hear it. I don't care if it's in, in time or in tune. I want to hear it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder, like, I, I made a note about Crank Records mm-hmm. uh, for Harlow. I think that's the that's the scene more. They I don't, Maybe, maybe not. Like, it felt like that sound a bit more like this, more intricate guitars. Yeah, There's yeah. also, I had I pitched a band, Van Pelt, to you, and I think I might try that at some point. But, like, yeah, that band is I'd be interested sort of in that, because I've always heard their name and seen, like, that. I feel like it's an album cover with a, someone playing golf on the front of it or something. Yeah. Yeah, hundred. Yeah, it's called the Sultans of Sentiment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always been yeah. kind of curious about, it, but I've never listened to them. And then you mentioned that it, it's Ted Leo's brother, and so now I'm like, yeah. oh well, they're probably fucking amazing then because it's Ted Leo. <laughs> I'm not sure. Like, I've uh, that's totally a sidebar. We don't need to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Van Pelt are amazing. Yeah, um, but I've read some retrospective like stuff where people like reflect back on that band and like they call them, you know, like like really wonderful for their time kind mm-hmm. of vibe, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, I don't know, very influential, but yeah, yeah, yeah. In, I, I don't know that kind of shit. Influential, but also amazing. often overlooked or something like that. Potentially. Yeah. yeah. Like Garrison. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Garrison was, I don't know what Garrison's l- reputation. I don't know. Like I don't like, I've never talked about this band with anybody outside uh-huh. of the kids that I went to high school with who listened to revelation record shit with me. Um, yeah. 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 So I don't, I guess like I was surprised to see a repress of this mm-hmm. of their first EP by a label not Rev, and I it was explained by that guy where he's like, yeah, Rev doesn't really care about this. So this yeah, other yeah, label, yeah. It does. They do care about this. Um, and this is like his friend that has a label or whatever. Yeah, iodine. Yeah, recordings. Like, um, they do some cool stuff, but I was surprised. I just didn't think Garrison was on people's playlists in their mind. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't know. I'd on, be curious to hear. Yeah, I know. I should ask my friend Harjeet because he, he, I think he's more into like the Rev, Revel, yeah, Revelation stuff. And so he might, I wonder if he's a fan. He's giving me, I'm doing an episode with him too, I think. He's giving me that, that band Chamberlain. I never listened to that oh, before. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think there's, there's a six degrees of Kevin Bacon between Garrison and Chamberlain or something like that. Could that be. Yeah. I had no idea yeah. until uh, Harjeet told me that the guy from Chamberlain was the drummer for New End Original. And I fucking love the drums on the New End Original album. Yeah. Amazing shit. Who is that? Actually, tell me who that is. New End Original is Jonah so he, Matranga's. No, that. I know that, but who's the drummer? I wonder. Oh, I don't know his what name. What is their lineage? What did. Charlie Walker. Who did he else? Anyways, that that's familiar to me. That that connection. So I'm uh, oh, kind of overall thoughts here. I'm very curious to listen to, especially some of this earlier stuff. But I also want to listen to that EP with the geek rock sounding song 
the model. The model. Yeah. yeah. I want to check that out and see what the rest of that sounds like. But yeah, any anytime I can hear some like interesting noodles, like, yeah, give it to me. I want to eat it up. Okay. So, hmm, I'll think of a rating I can give them. This is always like a last minute thing that I try and think of. Based on the songs I have here, I'm going to give them, I'll go 3.4. No, I'm going to go higher than that. I don't see why. Why do, why do, why do you have to go higher? Because I've... I've because I'm staring at the word waxwing, and if you make me think of waxwing, that that's pretty good. <laughs> okay, I'll just go. I'll go a little. I'll go three point six seconds of summer. Three point six seconds of summer. Yes. Do you? Would you like me to give you a band to listen to? I would. Yeah. Okay. What band do I need to give you? Let me look at that text I sent you with my list of. Oh, I have a little doc here. Were you a fan of waxwing? I'm looking at their uh, Wikipedia right now. Oh. No, I've seen Waxwing play live. Oh. I think more than once. And Rocky Vadaletto solo. Okay, yeah. And, but no, not really. Okay. I don't own a single album or CD. They're uh, very good. One of our, I think our, the fourth episode or something of this podcast is about them. Hmm. So I can't give them to you. Um, fuck, man. I'm going to... You had suggested Seisha. And I was... Because you suggested them, I was surprised you had not heard of another band uh, in that same kind of genre of scrams or whatever you want to call it. Um, so I'm going to give you the saddest landscape. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. I think that'll be fun. I've been wanting to talk about them on here for a long time. But anyway, thanks, Nate. This was pretty fun. I agree. I would, I would like, I'm, thanks for uh, it. As far as first dates go, I'll, I'll give it a 3.6. <laughs> 3. <laughs> 3.6 seconds of. No, I'm just kidding. Date summer. <laughs> seconds of date summer. I do think like I've, I will say like the, f- the, the format is familiar to me in the approach, like gaining some, yeah, I want to try to, I, I do like the idea. Yeah. Thanks for letting me come back on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you do. Um, as often as you want, I would love to have you on. I think it's fun to kind of like talk to different people about this. I also, I also really like that you're not as familiar with, with, like guitar shit and stuff like that. Yeah. I think that's kind of cool. Cause like, I feel like sometimes uh, Dante and I would get kind of like lost in the weeds of talking about like, well, this part does this blah, blah, blah. Even though neither of us has any idea what we're talking about, but I doubt that. I think you do. Well, a I feel little like bit. it's a thing. It That's a part that like, I have to figure that out, that flow out a little bit. I think that for me, the music is so much more feeling. Sure. Sure. Versus sure. Under, uh, versus knowing a lyric and sometimes lyrics. And it's really funny. I think you were talking about, um, gosh, what was I listening to? It must've been your Jimmy world clarity episode. Uh-huh. I think where you were like, I, I've never sung along more to an album that I didn't know a single word to or something <laughs> like that. I can't, I can't remember if that was that episode. Like, I, I feel so. like I am that person for every song for every <laughs> album. Um, so I think that there's something about like my, uh, 
I have to, I think I have to dedicate a little bit of time to just be like, okay, like really what's this song doing for me? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I need to be able to express it in a way that's not centered on licks and loop, li- licks and, uh, <laughs> licks and weedles and, ta- and noodles taints or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> licks and noodles and weedles and taints. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Uh, well, Hey, thanks for listening to everybody. We'll be back next week with me talking to someone else maybe, or I'm doing an episode by myself and that's really fucking weird. So, Oh, hold on. Harjeet just texted. <laughs> hold on to the audience. Hold on. Daytona. Yeah, dude. Loved them. Why? We oh, are you talking about them on the podcast. Explanation points. I mean, all caps right now. But not anymore. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this. Okay, bye.